Ephesians 4, verse 32, the Bible says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word once again, Lord. I thank you for all the young people that were able to come, Lord, and the good time that we've had. Lord, um, thank you for all the work that was done trying to make the church grounds look better and then, Lord, us getting to go uh, and get some food together and fellowship. Lord, thank you for that. But, God, we need to hear your voice right now. I know that I can't do that, Lord, but, God, I ask that you would just work on every heart, every mind, Lord. You know what they're going through. You know what they're dealing with. And, God, maybe where we're all struggling, I pray you give us your help right now, God, through your word. And, Lord, just prepare us for all that you want us to do. And, Lord, please give me the right words and thoughts and spirit and help all of us to hear your voice through the preaching tonight, Lord, that we would be changed and that we would be more like Christ as a result, Lord. Thank you for your goodness to us. Bless this time. Please, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So in Ephesians, let me throw two questions you guys away. Who's writing Ephesians? Do you know? If you don't, it's okay. I'm not going to throw you out the window. Maybe one I will, but the rest I won't. All right. Who was writing Ephesians? Yes, sir. You can stay here. Don't, I don't have to throw you out. Yes, you can leave. He's like, oh, no. You want to leave when it's getting good? So Paul was writing this good. Where was Paul when he was writing this? My second question. You guys like uh, at a desk? No. An interesting location that he was writing from. Yes, he was in prison while he was writing this. All right, so they call these one of the prison epistles. And he's writing to this church of Ephesus. Now, a lot we could talk about. He's dealing a lot with the doctrine of the church and so forth. But the section that we're in, in chapter 4, it starts in verse number 17. I want to read that and then just give you a couple quick things before we really dive down into the verse that we started with. Verse number 17, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. And then he continues to describe the unsaved. You know what he's basically saying in verse number 17? He's saying, listen, now that you're saved, you need to walk or live differently than you used to. Okay? And guys, just a reminder, we hear it all the time. Every class you go to, probably every bus route, um, it, it reiterates this, but we should be different now that we're saved. Listen, I, Thomas, I don't expect the unsaved world to live right. When they do wrong, that's what they do. They're sinners, okay? That should not shock us. But as a child of God, we should live differently. Does that mean we live perfectly? No. Does that mean that we never make a mistake? Of course not. But guys, the direction of your life, what is it? I heard one person say, it may not be the perfection of my life, but it is the direction of my life. And I like that. You know what that means? I may stumble sometimes, but I get back up and I keep going that direction. Hey, how about you? When you mess up, do you get back up? Do you keep that determination and keep going in the right direction? Whatever it may be, Bible reading, prayer, trying to live holy, trying to stay away from certain things that could trip you up. He's saying that we should henceforth, that means from now on, we're going to walk differently and not walk like the world and not live like the world. And he describes a lot of ways. When you dive into verse number 20, 22, it says put off the former conversation. And then verse 24, it says put on. So it's almost a, the picture, guys, of like the, the attributes of the old lifestyle. Like we're taking those off and then we're putting on the new things that God wants us to have now. We could say like a new wardrobe, a new attire, okay? That now, as Christians, these old things, like the Bible says, should pass away and all things should become new. 
But I like this very much because it's practical. What that means is it's useful. You say like what? Well, I believe there's five of these, if I'm not mistaken. Verse number 25. All right? You tell me. I'll read it. You tell me what we take off and what we put on. It says, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. What do we take off? Lying. What do we put on in its place? Truth. Speaking the truth. You see how practical that is? Listen, you say, well, I'm a Christian and they told me I need to live different, but I don't know what that means. All right, stop lying and start speaking the truth. That's one. Okay? And listen, we all need to work a deck because sometimes we're like, well, it was a white lie. It doesn't matter what color it was. It was still wrong. All right? And I can say that because I'm white. All right? That's verse 25. Verse number, yeah, watch it, the rest of you guys. No, I'm kidding. I'm just totally kidding. Totally kidding. Totally kidding. Blurt that out. All right. Listen, verse number 26. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And verse 27 goes along with it. Neither give place to the devil. You know what this is talking about? We should not be um, angry at the wrong things, but you should be angry at the right things. But in that, even when you're angry at the right things, listen, sin should make us angry. Listen, when... We're out visiting and we see a family that um, is really messed up because the dad is a drunk and he's beating up his, his wife and he's mistreating his kids. That should make us angry. We shouldn't walk by, walk by with that going on, whistling to ourselves. I mean, that's a problem, right? I mean, you say, that's not right. Something needs to be done, right? But guys, he says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know what that means? We should get angry at the wrong things, but don't hold on to it too long. You know why? Because Ethan, if I'm if I'm angry at the right things, it's not that I'm angry at something selfish, but I'm angry at the right things. If I hold on to it too long, mm-hmm. it'll change my whole disposition and my whole attitude, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm giving place to the devil. Now, I can yeah, I can be angry about the right things, but if I hold on to it too long, I guarantee you that's going to show up in my relationship with my wife. When I come in class on Sunday morning, I'm already going to be angry at these other things. Some new person comes in. They don't know how we do things around here. Maybe they mess up, and I blow up at them. Did I just do the work of the Lord or the work of the devil? I just did the work of the devil, right? Mm-hmm. Now, was I right about the uh, uh, mad about the right things? Yes, but I held on to it too long, and that can sour you, mm-hmm. and that can mess things up. So we should be angry at the wrong things. Listen, abortion, that should make us angry. All right, these wicked things of the world, how they're trying to tell people we have all these crazy amount of genders. No, we don't. That should make us angry. But we shouldn't hold on to that too long to where it just, that colors our whole life and that changes our whole way of thinking. All right? So that's the second one. We put off the worldly anger and we put on holy wrath. The third one, verse 28, this one again is simple. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may give to him that needeth. All right, what's the exchange here? What do we take off? Stealing. Stealing. What do we put in this place? Labor. Labor so that we can share. You see how much this changes? He says, work with your hands the thing that is good that you may give to him that needeth. That's a complete 180 right there. You used to take from people and now you work hard so you have something of your own so you can give to the people that need it. Hey guys, do we ever give to people that need it? Mm-hmm. Let's ask God to show us where we are lacking in these areas. Verse 29, he says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So he's talking about your words, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. All right, what are we taking on? Corrupt communication. That word corrupt means rotten. So when you're speaking to people, does it... 
Do people walk away from you and they feel dirty and defiled and nasty? I wish we wouldn't have talked about or spoken about those things. I wish those subjects wouldn't have been brought up. That's kind of nasty. That kind of soils my mind. Is that what people are thinking when they walk away from a conversation with you? Or in its place, do you do that which is good to the use of edifying? What does edifying mean? Build up. It builds people up. That's what we need to be about. That's encouragement. We need to build people up. Listen, there's too many people tearing each other down. We need to build people up. So we get rid of corrupt words, and in this place we put edification. Little man is learning a lot back there. I can tell you. Every time I say something, he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I can hear him. I can hear him. All right? He is learning right away. All right? He's praising his He's He is. Hallelujah. You too, brother. All right? Um, and then verse... 30, he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed under the day of redemption. And then the last exchange I'll give to you, verse 31, it says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's basically all types of anger. There's a lot of different uh, ways it describes it. Uh, bitterness, wrath, wrath just means rage. Somebody is just raging. Anger, clamor means they just are making these really loud shouting and, and, and statements, um, kind of outbursts, evil speaking that's whispering behind somebody's back. Some, some of us, we won't say it to their face. But as soon as they leave, as soon as they walk out the door, can you believe that? You know, you're like, you're, you're, over, you're over here like, you're over here and they just said something to you. You're like, okay, bye, have a nice day. I hate that, man. I mean, really? Guys, guys, guys. That's what the Bible's talking about. The Bible hits it from every, every angle. I love that about the Bible. I don't love that with our sin, right? Because it hits us and we're like, oh, ow, ooh, you know, like, okay, God, I get it. But it hits it from every angle. You may be the person face to face where you're shouting and blowing up in somebody's face, or you may be the one to be like, I love you. And then as soon as they close the door, like, mm. hey, they're both wrong. They're both wrong. What do we put in its place? In verse number 32, be kind one to another, tender hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We've heard that verse, right? Very famous verse. That's what we should put in place of those anger problems that we may have. But what I want to focus on in verse is verse 32. And as I said, we've all heard this. And guys, I think normally what we're talking about is just our relationship between each other in the church. Because it uses the term one another, one to another, two times. I think that's talking between Christians primarily. But I want to spin it just a little differently tonight. In two days from now, we're having our biggest Sunday of the year. We call it Roundup Sunday. I think most everybody knows that. And a lot of you guys, you're not just coming to it. You have a part of the ministry. You're doing something. You're working in it. And that's an awesome thing, guys. But I want to give you basically the reason, the reason for Roundup. What is it all about? Okay. And I guess my title would be this. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for you. That's basically the thought we'll land on later. But the, why do we do all this? Listen, um, let me just jump into the first point so I don't get ahead of myself. I got two points for you. Kiss of death. Here we go. It shouldn't be very long. <laughs> Lord, please. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I don't want this kid to be one year old by the time we get out. You know what I'm saying? So we'll try. We'll try our best. All right. Happy birthday. All right. Listen. So point number one, the undeserved reaching out, the undeserved reaching out. Notice what the command is of this verse in verse number 32 and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Guys, we're, we're going to explain these terms, but can I just tell you from the face of it? Those are not easy things to do all the time. It's not. It's not. That verse we were talking about prior to it, the, the 
getting angry and the talking behind people's back and all that, that's a lot easier, we could say, because it's all natural to us. It's part of our sinful flesh, our sinful nature. You don't have to teach. Sorry, buddy, but he's going to learn. He, he doesn't have to learn those things. We don't have to teach him. All right, when someone walks out of the door, then you talk about it. No, it's going to be natural inside of him because it's natural to all of us. You know why? Because we're all born sinners. Okay? But these things are hard. It says, be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. The undeserved reaching out. Hey, listen, if you have any part of the ministry in the, in the next few days, you're visiting people tomorrow, you're knocking on people's doors, you're inviting them. I know some of you, you're texting your friends, you're, in, you're reminding them to come. And on Sunday, you're going to be busy. Maybe you're part of the games down the hill. You're going to be passing out candy. You're going to be teaching a lesson. You're going to be welcoming people in. You're going to be handing out visitor cards. You're going to have a part of all the big machine that goes on Sunday. The undeserved reaching out. And sometimes, listen, I have to remind myself of these things. It's like, why are we doing all this? Right? And you say, well, yeah, Brother Sam, I know, but this is kind of our big push. Yes, but sometimes, guys... Even when we're reaching out to people, we're doing it for the Lord, we're, we're making a big push. Can I tell you, people don't always respond how we want them to. And we've got to remember why we do what we do. The undeserved reaching out. Let me break these down real quick. He says, be kind one to another. That's real simple, but your treatment of people. Hey guys, are we kind? Are we kind? Are we kind? Listen, if we don't watch it, I think we have this conception that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People think I'm nice to them. Let's make sure about that. I'm not trying to uh, get you to reinvestigate everything about your life, but let's make sure. Let's make sure. Sometimes we think they're fine. They'll be okay. Let's make sure people know that we care about them, that we're kind to them. Listen, um, sometimes you walk into a place and uh, on our vacation a couple of weeks ago, the people, the church that we went to there, they treated us so kindly. And we were there five days. We may never see them again. I don't know. But they treated us like, Ethan, we had been going to that church for 20 years. It blew me away. I'd never met the pastor before in my life. But he treated us so kindly. And it blew me away. And you know what it made me think? I need to work on that. I need to work on that. Listen, when new people come in, I get it. It's awkward. It's awkward to me. All right? So you're a preacher. Yeah, but I don't know what to say to people sometimes. You know, they come in. It's not like, oh, yeah, I have a sermon ready for them. It's like, oh, no. You know, here's me. I'm telling all my secrets right now. <laughs> Confession time. All right, no, I'm kidding. I don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. All right, we don't do that. But here's here's like my innermost thoughts when new people come in. I say, "Hey, how you doing? Good to see you." And then I say, uh, uh, "We're glad you're here." And then they say, "Thanks." And then I'm like, "Panic! I don't know what to say." And I'm like, "See you later." You know, like bail, bail. That's me. All right. So there's my secret right there. But I don't know what to say after that. Listen. But you know what? Just trying, it does make a difference. It does make an impact on people. Try, try. Listen, shake their hand. Tell them you're glad they're here. Tell them it's important that they're here. Do whatever you can. Be kind to people. Sometimes it seems like people think their spiritual gift is whacking people to pieces. That's not a spiritual gift. You know, if somebody needs me to tell them straight, I'll be glad to. No, no, you just stay over there in the corner and never speak to anyone. You know, like, don't do that. Your treatment of people. Do you care about people? Listen, and then it says tenderhearted. I guess a, a good word for that, another word for that would be sensitive. Now, especially as guys, we don't like that word. I ain't sensitive. That's nasty. That's weird. All right? Listen, but you know what? In this case, in two different ways, it's a good thing. Number one, we should be sensitive to what God says to us. Hey, don't be, 
you think you're such a tough guy and the word of God is preaching. You know, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. No, you need to listen to it and say, God, that's me. And have a soft heart to it and say, God, that's me. But also, let me spin it my second direction. Are you sensitive to the needs of others? Hey, do you care about your friends? As I'm talking about the new people that come in, do you care about them? Does this, Listen, do you ever see somebody over there by themselves? And I know many of you guys do this. But you see them over there by themselves. They look sad. Do you ever say, hey, are you okay? Is there something I can do? Or is it just, well, they need to get over it. i got other things to do. I've got to go serve the Lord. Maybe you serving the Lord by helping them out. Yeah. You are. All right? Sensitive to the feelings of others. Are you touched by their pain? Let's not get so hard and so cold to it. Uh, sensitivity, uh, uh, being sympathetic and compassion. That's really what it's talking about. You know what the Bible says? Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. Mm -hmm. He could have seen the multitude and say, look how wicked those people are. Mm -hmm. But he was moved with compassion and he did something about it. Compassion, by the way, is not just feeling bad for people. It's feeling bad enough to go help them, mm -hmm. to do something for them. Mm -hmm. Compassion is not, oh, Thomas, I know you have this need, man. I feel really bad for you. All right, see you in a few days. Mm -hmm. That's not compassion. Mm -hmm. Compassion is, man, what can I do? How can I pray for you at least? And then can I do something more for you? Can I help you out? All right. So your treatment of people being kind. Are you touched by their pain? Are you tenderhearted? And then some of you are like, oh boy, skip past this one. Forgiving one another. That's not easy, guys. That's not easy. All right. Do you turn the page? Listen, when someone has done you wrong and they, you get past that situation and you have to forgive them. That's not easy to do. That is not easy to do. Maybe you're young and you're like, well, I haven't experienced that yet. When you do, you'll realize what I'm saying. It's not easy. It's not easy. We want to hold on to that anger. We want to let it just boil inside of us day after day after day after day. And sometimes here's another secret. Man, why am I doing this? I don't know. All right. Sometimes I can, something happens and right when it happens, okay. All right. Lord, take care of that. I'm sorry. Didn't want to get mad at that person. For me, it'll come back usually the next morning. Mm -hmm. I'll be working. I'll be driving. And then those thoughts come to me. And I'm like, yeah, I can't believe that guy did that. And then he said that to me. How dare he? And it's like it all comes back. And I have to, Lord, I forgave him last night. Lord, please take that away again. It keeps coming back. So you got to keep closing that, closing that, closing that. No, I'm not going to let that flare back up. Because mm -hmm. you can forgive him last night and then be in a rage today. Mm -hmm. Kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And guys, I call this, let me hurry up with this. I call this undeserved um, reaching out. Hey, listen, this Sunday, for many, for many of you, you're going to be kind to people. You're going to be tenderhearted. I don't know if there will be a situation you have to forgive. Maybe something happens. I don't know. But can I tell you this? Like I said, a lot of times the things that we do, they're not appreciated. Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to turn this into a negative message, but some of us, we're going to drive to people's houses this week and they won't come. We're going to visit these people. They won't care. Okay. You're going to hand candy to somebody and they're like, I don't like that kind. And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> but you're like, but you're like, oh, God bless you. And you want to bless them with something else. You know what I'm saying? All right. Listen. But that happens sometimes. Their treatment of it is pitiful. And you start thinking, man, that's not right. We're trying to be kind to them. We're trying to help them out and go the extra mile. Listen, and we will encounter these problems from time to time. Listen, Kara, I don't know about you guys. For me, 
when I drive 30 minutes to somebody's house, even on a Thursday night, and visit them and knock on their door, and they say, man, we've missed you. We want you back. And then they're like, nah, dude, I ain't doing that. I don't handle that very well. I don't, I know what I have to do, what I need to do is like, okay, well, we're praying for you. Praying that God gets you, you know? But on the inside, it's just like, you know what the devil wants to pop up in your head? Why are you doing this? They don't appreciate it. They don't care about it. It doesn't make any difference. You spend your time, your gas, your effort. Uh, You could be doing something else. Listen, the devil shoots that in our mind all the time. They don't appreciate it. Nobody cares. Listen, sometimes I'm visiting guys, calling them, texting them. Come on, man, come to church. Crickets, man. They're not coming. I need to file a missing persons report with the FBI because I have not seen these guys in years. I'm really considering doing that one week, even just getting missing persons and putting their picture up on the wall and say, you come and take the picture off the wall, bro. Yeah. That actually has some It has? We need to do it again. Right? We need to do it again. But you know what the Bible says? Listen, it says, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. It's called the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know what we want to do? We want to flip it. The way they treat me is the way I treat them. They want to be mean to me, I can throw it right back at you. You like that? Here it comes back at you. God says, don't do that. You know what God says? We need to take the first step by treating them well, regardless of how they treat us. All right. Point number two and the last thing. And you say, all right, both Tom. So we're supposed to be kind this week? Yep. Tenderhearted, forgiving one? Yep. Uh-huh. We're supposed to do all that and, and, and do it out of love to all these people. And even if they don't treat us the right way, why in the world would we do that? It's the last part of the verse. And it's point number two, the ultimate reason. Here's the reason for it, guys. This is why we do it. This is why we have a roundup. This is why we spend all this money on these things. And this is why we pick up people and we do everything we can. Why, why, why? The end of the verse. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You know why we're kind to people that may not be kind to us? You know why we're tenderhearted and we go out of our way to help them, even when they don't care about us and all the other things? We forgive when it's not easy to do that. Why do we do those things? Listen, because that's what Jesus did for us. That's why. That's why, it's, that's why we do all of this. It's because that's what Jesus did for us. The ultimate reason is listen, we had a problem. We were guilty sinners, con- convicted criminals before God. We didn't stand a chance. In our own strength, in our own merits, in our own works, we never would have made it to heaven. We had that problem. But it says, for Christ's sake, God has forgiven us. You know what that's talking about? His payment for us on the cross. Listen, if it wasn't for Jesus dying on the cross, none of us would be here. None of us would be saved. None of us would have the chance. But listen, he did it for us. Listen, so you say, how does this message fit together? That's why we reach out to people. Mm-hmm. Kiara, that's why we drive 30 minutes, even if they don't come Sunday. You know what? Because my 30-minute drive is a lot shorter than Jesus leaving heaven, coming all the way to earth to die on the cross for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Listen, because, listen, maybe they don't appreciate it. And listen, I don't like that this happens, but maybe we invest a lot of time in them, and then, Thomas, they don't turn out, which hurts, which is hard to deal with. But you know what? How long did Jesus keep investing in us and investing in us and investing in us? And how long did we not care about that? How long did we say, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to keep living my own life. And finally, thank God, one day, somehow, it clicked and it broke in our heart. And we thought, oh, Lord, thank you for what you did for me. And our whole life changed. Listen, 
So that's why we keep reaching out to people. That's why we keep running the buses. That's why we keep having Roundup Sundays. That's why we keep handing out candy to the kids and we keep encouraging them and we keep trying. Every week in the class is, guys, read your Bible. And I know many of them don't, but keep trying. Keep putting forth the effort. Why? Because that's what he did for us. The problem is we were sinners condemned before him. The payment that Christ made and because of his payment, he has forgiven us. And by the way, real fast, before I wrap this thing up, it says, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Can I, can I tell you, if you're saved, Jesus forgives us every day, but that's past tense. He's saying hath forgiven. That's taken care of. You don't have to hope, well, if I'm really, really, really good today, maybe I'll still be on my way to heaven. No. When you got saved, he's forgiven you once and for all. It's taken care of. Now, if you're a saved person and you mess up, you're still on your way to heaven. You're still his child and you always will be. What do you need to do? You need to confess your sins to him. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. Mm -hmm. You will always be his child, but you need to restore your fellowship with him. Just like... If you did something against your parents and there's kind of a rift, there's kind of an issue there, you need to go and talk to them and get it worked out. All right. Problem, we are sinners. The payment that he made, he pardoned us once and for all. And it says, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That's personal. Hey, guys, don't forget. uh, Don't make it so generalized and so vague that you forget that Jesus forgave you. Listen, you say, all right, so... You're saying we should keep at doing what we're doing. Yes, we should keep having these roundups. We should keep pushing it. And guys, I know many of you already do. I don't even need to say this, but keep the effort. Keep uh, caring for people. Keep praying for people. Keep texting those people. Say, hey, are you going to come on roundup and all that kind of stuff that you guys do? Keep at it. Keep at it. Stay persistent. But you know why? If the thought ever creeps in your mind, say, man, they don't appreciate it. They don't care. Why am I even doing this? They don't deserve this. They don't deserve this kindness and and forgiveness and all this stuff. They don't deserve it. Can I remind you? Neither did you. Neither did I. Why do we do what we do? It's because Christ has forgiven us. That's the reason that we have Roundup. And that's what he did for us. Let's bow our heads.